Hello, this is Pastor Jay. I'm excited to invite you to come over to listen to our broadcast on YouTube. Yes, Walk in True Christian Fellowship Church on YouTube. We have some great videos over there and you'll be able to listen to all the lessons and the podcast. So again, subscribe, like, and continue to comment and listen. This is Pastor Jay. Talk to you later. Peace. Hello, this is Pastor Jay with Walk Truth Radio Podcast. With your encouraging word for today, we are still digging deeper into Christian manhood or biblical manhood. I want to give you a statistic that I found quite interesting while I was using my Bible app, uh, Eastward. And you can look up words and they'll tell you how many times the word occurs in the text or in a specific book of the Bible. In particular, I typed men. The word men, M-E-N. And you'd be surprised how many times. It's over 1,199 times. That matches the word with over 1,321 matches. So the word man comes in at the 1,199 times in verses. And it has matches over 1,300. So... This book that we call the Bible is about men. And I know some of you may say, well, there's parts where it says man and it means mankind. But I didn't look up the word man. I looked up the word men. And every time it says men, it means men. I want to give you a challenge. See how many times it says brothers, mothers, women, wife, Sisters, see how see what the comparison is, and you'll be clear that this book, because of the order of God, was written to men. Each book was written by a man. It doesn't make men better, but it makes them accountable to God. If you go back to listen to what Tony Evans says, the man, the men that are willing to submit to God. God said that three times a year that men had to come to Israel, had to come to Jerusalem so they can pay their sovereign God the respect that's due to him. And therein lies the rub of today compared to then. I used to could say just like then, just like now, but it's just like then, it's nothing like now. Men, you have to decide today that you're going to be a responsible, godly man, especially if you call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ, who was a man's man. He would fight the battles. He would deal with the circumstances. He would not pull any punches. But when he was done, he was kind enough that when somebody needed something, that he would turn around and give them what they needed. You have to be able to be a balanced man. You have to be able to fight the wars of today, but yet and still give the comfort and the aid to those who are the less fortunate and who are needed or who need you. Your family, your friends, and the orphans and the widows. You have to have the heart of a lion and the tenderness of a lamb. Who does that sound like? That's Jesus. We can't let the world dictate to us men what manhood is. 
especially when it's contrary to the word of God. We stand, live, and breathe on the word of God because God chose us to be responsible and accountable and disciplined in it. He gave us wives to remind us, to help us meet the obligation of being responsible, accountable, and disciplined. Well, I'm not going to let you just get away with listening to me because you may figure, well, he's always on this. I will be on this until I see some difference and some change. Men, it starts with you. And if your woman is carrying the ball, it's really to put you to shame. But instead of being shamed, you're proud. And there we have males that are physically grown but emotionally, mentally and spiritually little boys so today I'm going to let you listen to a great man of God Paul Washer who makes it real plain the next voice you hear is Pastor Paul Washer sometimes ask me why I talk so much about biblical manhood about what it means to be a man according to the Bible. Well, let me put it this way. I don't know if it'll translate into another language, but I'll put it this way. My wife says that if a man-eating lion escaped from the zoo, it would probably starve to death because there's not enough men in this world to eat. So one of the reasons I teach on biblical manhood is because it's something that's lost. It's something that's lost. Oh, there's a lot of definitions about what it means to be a man. Sports has a definition about what it means to be a man. Hollywood has a definition about what it means to a man. Feminists have a definition about what it means to be a man. But we're Christians. So we need to ask ourselves, what does God say about being a man. Of course, when we look at the scriptures as Christians, we know that the perfect example of manhood is not um, some boxer in a ring and it's not some football player. It's not a movie star. It's Jesus Christ, the only perfect man that ever walked on this planet. So when I'm teaching on biblical manhood, I'm not trying to teach a bunch of young men how to be tough and beat up people. I'm also not trying to teach them to be feminine. I'm trying to teach them to be like Christ. You see, God created this world. God also set the order for this world. He created a man. He created a woman. We also see throughout scripture that he gave different roles to men and different roles to women. Also, there are different virtues that are outstanding in men and others that are outstanding in women. Also, he tells us how we are to interact as men with men and men with women, as older men with younger men and younger girls, fathers with children, husbands with wives. He's told us in the scriptures how we ought to be and how we ought to act, and that has been lost. Most of the young men growing up in our churches are not influenced by the scriptures with regard to manhood, but they are influenced by the secular world. And most young men really do not have a role model model as a father. 
Even if their father is a good man, oftentimes he is so busy doing other things, his work, maybe his hobbies, maybe even church. He's doing so many things that he doesn't have time to fulfill the biblical requirements of a father. And so I teach on biblical manhood simply because so few people are doing it. And it is an important theme in the Bible. I have two sons. So from the time that they were young, they're now 9 and 11, but from the time that they were just little, little children, I began to teach them about what it means to be a noble, virtuous, godly man. I'm also, even though I quite often fail, I'm trying to model that for them. And not only for my sons, but also for my daughter. Because one day my daughter is probably going to marry. She's going to find someone or someone is going to find her. God's going to bring her together with someone else who's a young man. I want her to have a proper understanding of what a man must be like to be a biblical husband. So I consider this very, very important, extremely important, especially in light of everything that we're seeing today in our world. Do you realize that our entire world is shifting? Ideas are shifting. Culture is shifting. And many of these shifts are not in agreement with the scriptures, but actually oppose the scriptures and are aggressive against the scriptures. If we're going to be biblical... We can't expect the world to teach us how to think and how to act. We must go to the scriptures. Mm-hmm.